Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now batting for the fast lane, Cardinals Hall of Famer and fifth member, Matt Holiday. We're hanging with Holiday on 101 ESPN. Powered by Air Alliance Team Heating and Cooling. Getting the job done quickly, correctly, 100% of the time. Before we get to our guy, Matt Holiday, let's hand out a pair of, uh, actually, one four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash. One ticket. (laughs) We're going to do this one at a time. That would be awesome. You're going to go alone. I hope you like strangers, (laughs) because we're handing out four of these puppies. No, 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 no. Uh, You're going to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals and Marlins. Next week's Bud Bash game features a limited edition bobblehead of our guy, Brad Thompson. That's right, a a Brad Thompson bobblehead. You just got to text in 314-399-9646 to win the Budweiser Bash tickets for Cardinals and Marlins. Here's your question. Brad Thompson, our guy, he had his scoreless streak end at how many innings? What's the number? How many innings? What was his scoreless streak? If you know that and you're the 101st texter to 314-399-9646, you'll go see Cardinals and Marlins get get your hands on a uh, Brad Thompson bobblehead as well. Get all the details on this season's series of Budweiser Bash Cardinals games now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter joining us right now via our celebrity line is our guy Matt Holiday, Cardinals Hall of Famer, World Series champion. What's up, Matt? Hey, guys. How we doing? We're doing great. The little love for BT. He's got a bobblehead coming up. Wow. Must have run out of people. Oh, Matt. Of people. What's funny, Matt, is that this I hear is this second. is the second time he's had a bobblehead. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what are we doing here? Well, he has a baseball player and an announcer bobblehead, or we just is it two pitcher bobbleheads? No, that's, you know, you're right. The first the first time it was it was Brad, the player, and now apparently it's Brad, the broadcaster. He's got a microphone yeah. in this one. Okay. All right. Yeah, I can buy into that. All right. That's exciting. We'll get, we'll get you one. <laughs> we'll we'll we, talk to some people and try to get you one. We, 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 t- we can tell how excited you are for, for BT, so we'll, we'll, we'll get one we'll for you. The way the Cardinal season's going, people might just stop in, grab the ball head, and take off. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. That's very true. Uh, Matt, before we get into the Cardinals in the second half, uh, did you did you go to the Futures game this year? I did. I did. I uh, I left on, let's see, yeah, I went on, was it on Saturday? So I left Friday. Um, yeah, so I got to go in Friday and, and have dinner with Jackson, and and, uh, and then Saturday was the game. I went and watched batting practice and, uh, and watched uh, all the all the all the festivities and then uh, he proceeded to play one inning and got one at bat so I was at the time rather flustered but come to find out the <laughs> Orioles called 
uh, in the middle of the game and told told the uh, Harold Reynolds and the crew that he was allowed to play one at bat. So uh, I guess he was moving up to Double A, and they didn't want him to get hurt. I don't know. I was a little flustered going all the way up there. He was supposed to play six innings of the seven inning game, but played one. Um, but it was it was a it was a really really fun experience, and to see him out there it was a great crowd. I think there was probably close to thirty thousand fans there, and uh, watch him in a in a in a big league stadium in front of a huge crowd. It was a, it was a pretty cool experience. Matt, I have a similar story um, that my father had to experience. It's uh, not quite the same, but uh, level of frustration was probably there for my dad. He uh, he drove, I believe, it was six and a half hours to watch me play a junior hockey game. And uh, I got kicked out of the game very first shift. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got uh, – apparently it was like checking from behind and an instigator in a fight, and I got kicked out of the game. I didn't know my dad was going to be there, actually. Yeah. Um, but I end up – it was kind of nice because I got to sit with him for the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Was yeah, he, he should have told you. Moral of the story, he should have told you you were coming. He was coming, so you wouldn't have got kicked out of the game. This is true, but this was before cell phones. I think he couldn't yeah. really get a hold of me. Anyways, yeah, he was pretty pissed. He, he yeah. did say, at least wait till the second period next time. Yeah, well, you know, hey, you know, in hockey, you know, sometimes you got to take care of business and you get thrown out of the game. So, you know, in baseball, that would have cost you like, you know, like two weeks. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt, did you, while you were there, did you happen to see Tink Hens pitch? I did. And he looked really, really good. I was impressed. I, uh, you know, I had seen some video and it kind of heard and, and uh, I was actually really, really impressed with him and, uh, the other guy they had playing in it. His Victor name Scott? Is, yes, Victor Scott, who uh, coached against with West Virginia. Uh, he is – he is his swing looks a lot better. Uh, he stole – I know he's been stealing bases like crazy. I think he stole second, still third. Uh, so, I, actually, yeah, I was, I was very impressed with the two Cardinal prospects that were there. It was – it was uh, both of them played really well. Matt, if we isolate Tink Hens for a little bit here, uh, I'm so intrigued by this young man because I feel like he was relatively unknown, and then in the last season and a half, he's really jumped to the front of the line when it comes to Cardinals prospects at the pitching position. You know, how far off is a guy like Tink Hens? Because, you know, I'm looking at him shoving at every level that he's kind of been at here recently, and now he's got the Futures game and the Cardinals desperately need some pitching in the mm-hmm. next year, or certainly next two. How far mm-hmm. off is a guy like Tinkins? I don't. I don't think he's that far off, Jamie. I, th- I think command is always sort of the the defining uh, attribute that decides whether or not you're ready to be in the rotation and and sort of a a, a guy that can be counted on. I mean, the, the stuff obviously is there. I mean, he's got three pitches. Um, you know, his, his breaking ball I think has a chance to be elite. Uh, his body is electric. Uh, he's not a huge guy, but uh, the athleticism and the um, just the the fast twitch is you can tell. It's just a man, you know. He, he he just looks you know like the ball's coming out of his hand hot, and he's athletic. And um, so I I think it's promising. I, I again I haven't I, I saw one inning. Uh, I've seen a little bit of his numbers. I mean I, I think the only thing is command as you climb the ladder. Um, you know, you, you have to make sure that you're not throwing balls in the middle of the plate. And, and the, you know, that, that is really what distinguishes uh, a minor league pitcher and somebody who's a little bit away and, and the guy that 
is ready to come up to the major leagues and and and, and be a uh, a pillar in your rotation. So um, I, I think he's close. And, and when you have the kind of success he's had in the last year and a half, and and then you know in the futures game he looked extremely comfortable on a major league mound. The moment didn't seem to to bother him, and in fact, it seemed to you know he seemed to be thriving in in the uh, the electricity of the game. And, uh, I was impressed. I was impressed. I've been impressed from afar, but a chance to get to you know see him up close. Uh, I think it's a it's a it's a very promising pitching prospect for the Cardinals. Matt Holliday joining us right now, Cardinals Hall of Famer, of course, World Series champion as well. Matt, I know you guys played Arizona State this past year. Over the last two years, though, did you happen to did Oklahoma State play Arizona at all? Because if so, I wanted to ask you about Chase Davis. If you had an opportunity to watch I, him or or hear or her of, hear of him at all? Yeah, so we um, we actually were in their regional a couple years ago. Um, and then I've, I've kept an eye on him just because I saw the highlights and he looked just like Carlos Gonzalez, uh, you know, his, his swing. I know everybody's made that comparison, but it, it really is a very similar swing slash finish, uh, to his swing. And, and, and another guy that has, you know, tremendous upside. I think, you know, there's some swing and miss in there. I think there's been some, some, you know, a little bit of erratic, uh, performance in the last couple of years. I think this year was better than last year, uh, but you can tell the power uh, is there. Uh, the you know the swing is is there. Uh, I don't know a ton about his defense, but you know from from what I've seen as far as his uh, you know his 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 ceiling of of being a middle of the lineup type of hitter, I, I think it's definitely there. So another exciting prospect to add to the organization and. Um, you know, that's what you need, you know, right now, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out which way that, you know, which way you're going and, and you need, you're going to need an influx of, of young talent coming soon. And, and so you add another guy with a big ceiling and, and hope that he develops the way, you know, especially out of college that he's not too far away. Matt, we, we wanted to talk to you about some of the young players like we did in the, the last segment there, but of course, get into the second half of the Cardinal season. So with the way things sit now, the, the winning the division, even claiming a wild card, is it's it's steep. It's a it, it's unlikely to happen. But for you, who needs to have a big second half for the Cardinals? Whether that's for individual purposes yeah. or or securing maybe a, a bigger role next year. Well, you know, to me, when you start looking at players like Jack Flaherty, who's in a free agent year, I mean, he needs to have a big second half if you know for for his his contract, you know, going forward, as far as, you know, establishing himself as somebody that even if it's not the Cardinals, somebody considers a, a rotation type pitcher. Um, you know, you got Jordan Montgomery, another guy going into free agency who, you know, is, is got a lot of money on the line. Um, and then you got players like Tyler O'Neill and some of these guys that, you know, these, these outfielders, uh, you know, Carlson and, and, uh, that, that need to either, you know, you either, they're either part of your future or they're not. And so um, you're trying to decide, you know, if, if you are looking forward to 24, and I think Mo has said that, um, and I don't know what trades he's going to make, but you start looking at some of these guys and you're trying to make decisions on, well, what, what can we expect reasonably out of, um, you know, Tyler O'Neill or, or Dylan Carlson? And, and, you know, you're obviously going to let Jordan Walker just put him in a spot and let him play it out. And, and let him figure things out in, in, in the outfield. Um, and then, you know, I, I guess you, you try to figure out if, if Goldie is, is somebody that you try to cash in for assets on. 
um, if that's something he'll do. I mean, I, mean, I think he has a no-trade clause. and um, You hate to, to trade such a great guy coming off an MVP season. Um, and so you try to figure out what to do with that. And, um, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of guys. I think Wilson Contreras needs to reestablish himself as a, as the offensive player that he's been most of his career and, and a catcher that they can count on for the next four years and, and a five-year deal. Uh, there's a lot, Anthony, for, for me that, that, you know, guys have to, you know, to prove and, and to kind of get back, uh, maybe get back going. And, and uh, it's a very interesting second half to me to see, you know, what that does look like if Mo's talking about making some trades and, and going to be really kind of seeing what guys have for 24. Um, what does that look like? And, and I think that that's what's fascinating about the Cardinals' second half. Matt, I always love diving more into the human side of it, you know, having been traded myself, and I know you went through the experience as well. And, you know, you bring up Goldie. It's always interesting when you have such an established star player like that. Going back to your time, as I look back at your stop with the A's before you came to the Cardinals, was that a situation where the team – I can't remember if the team was doing well or not, but were you wanting out of Oakland? Did you know a trade was coming? And if so, how do the players work through that? Yeah, I mean, the Oakland situation for me was um, I was there. I was traded there in my in my sixth year. So I was I was headed toward free agency. They thought they were ready to win. They had some young pitchers that they thought uh, were ready to really kind of blossom. And so they signed a, a veteran group of position players, Jason Giambi, Orlando Cabrera, you know, we had Eric Chavez and Mark Ellis and uh, we signed Nomar Garcia Parra. So I think Billy was trying to surround a young pitching staff with a, you know, a veteran team thinking that they were really ready to kind of contend and uh, with a lot of injuries and maybe we had some young pitchers that weren't quite ready. Um, we, we, we didn't win much. And so I was in a situation where I was, you know, kind of uh, headed into free agency. They weren't going to sign me. Uh, back and 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 so you either trade and 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 hope that you get some assets or you you hold on to me and, and lose me in free agency and and back then there was I would have been a Type A free agent so you get two draft picks out of the deal um, so it was it was kind of a different situation maybe than what Goldie's going through but you know I knew I was more than likely getting traded I didn't know where um, but I knew if, you know if, if if a team came to to Billy Bean at the time and offered more than uh, what he thought equaled two uh, draft picks that are, you know, that are that are kind of after the first round, after the second round. I think at the time um, that that I was going to be traded. Um, so that was a little bit different situation where I was I was kind of eager to go play for a, a team that was in contention, and and obviously got traded to the Cardinals, which was a a great fit for me, and ended up signing back there. So uh, I think it's interesting with Goldie. I mean, I, I don't know how many more years he wants to play if he wants to play three or four or five more years and one would like to stay with St. Louis that, you know, he goes to the organization and says, Hey, I don't want you to trade me. I know we're struggling right now, but I really would, you know, maybe like to play it out here and, and uh, maybe finish my career here. I really like it here. Um, or if he's in a situation where he's like, Hey, I want to go win. I want to try to win a championship. And I'd like for you to, you know, if, if a good trade that fits the organization comes up, and, and it's a team that's, you know, got a chance to win a championship, you know, uh, I'd be willing to, to, uh, to, to waive my no trade clause and, and go. So um, I think that's, you know, that's always kind of the, the deal with, with star players that have, have some control of what they're, where they're going or, or not going. And, 
which is fascinating to me and, and what teams would be willing to offer uh, for Goldie. And, and I, I think Mo would probably have to weigh that. But it's, uh, you know, getting traded, especially uh, when you're playing for a great organization and, and your family's comfortable and you have a house and you've got young kids in school and your, your routine is, is, is very comfortable and has been for a couple of years now. Uh, it's, it sucks. The idea of getting traded is, and being somewhere else is, is, uh, is, is tough. But, again, everybody is very competitive. He's a very competitive guy. He'd like to win. So uh, I'm sure he'll weigh the, the pros and cons of, of what it means professionally and what it means personally if any trade comes up. And um, it's, it's a, you know, again, it's a difficult situation to up and move, and, and especially with family. Matt Holliday joining us right now on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Matt, I, th- I think a lot of the things that you were talking about with your situation in Oakland is fascinating. Can you shed some light on, let, let's say, if, if Oakland was interested in signing you, do they come to you? Do they go to the? Do they go to your agent? How do you know as a pending free agent? So, in the case of uh, Jordan Hicks or Jack Flaherty or Montgomery, do the team does the team approach your agent or you specifically before the deadline to get a to get a feel for whether or not you would resign with them? Yeah, I think both. I mean, I, I've had both. I mean, I've had, um, you know, I, I think I've had, uh, you know, I've talked to general managers. I, I think it was me with Oakland. I think they, you know, they pretty much said they weren't positioned to, to, to pay and to sign me to a contract that, 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 you know, that I was going to be able to, to get. So I knew that that really, that conversation never really had to happen with sure. me and Billy Bean. And he was super great with me and very honest. And I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Billy and, and, and really everybody that works in their organization. So um, that was, that, that part of it was, was different, but, you know, even with me signing back with the Cardinals, you know, you, you have conversations with people um, about parameters and, and, you know, how happy you are with the organization. And so I think everybody has a good feel on, on what players are thinking just because you're around these guys every day. They talk to, they talk to, to coaches. They talk to teammates. They talk to, you know, they occasionally run across Mo, and Mo says, hey, you like it here? You know, what, 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 what kind of years are we thinking? You know, I think that everybody, for the most part, has a good idea of the parameters that it would take to keep players around. And so um, do you ever specifically get into exact numbers with the general manager or on the field or in the weight room or around? Uh, maybe not. Maybe that's more for the agents, and that's maybe that you know more specific talk for for agents. Uh, but I do think that that there is a uh, a way to you know for Mo and, and Gersh and some of the front office people to kind of get a sense of of the years and money that it might take uh, to sign some of the guys that you mentioned. Yes, yeah, that's, that's fascinating because I could just I can I get him. I think about like Jordan Hicks for example, and Jordan Hicks is he's having a really nice run here as the closer and maybe the Cardinals are interested in bringing him back but if a contender is going to overpay at the deadline you know do you have those conversations with Hicks yeah. and his agents hey we we're going to deal you if we can but also bring you back if we can so yeah. I don't know I think that behind the scenes look was was great thanks Matt well, yeah yeah and you know you look at the Roldis Chapman deal with the Yankees yeah, they traded him right. for the Cubs for Glaber Torres and then signed him back it's so perfect they really they really got the best of both worlds they traded Traded a closer when they weren't they weren't going to be in the playoffs. They got Glaber Torres, who's been a nice staple in their in their in their organization, and then they signed Chapman back. No so doubt, that kind of thing can happen. I mean, I think that that's that. Those are again when you look at Shohei Otani. Like if the Angels can't sign him before he gets to free agency, 
you can say, hey, look, Shohei, we're going to trade you, but we're also going to be very much in the running to bring you back. Mm-hmm. But we can't let you walk away for a draft pick as the greatest player maybe ever. And if we don't make the playoffs and we don't sign you back, we lose your free agency, all we get is the 75th pick or whatever it ends up being. Like, that that sets an organization back. Right. So um, it's another interesting one for me is, is you know, hey, Shohei, we're going to trade you, but we want to sign you back. So – um, it would be interesting to see how that turns out also. Matt, I got one last one here for you, and it's it's actually about the current team. Um, you know, and I, I have been in these situations, but certainly not at Major League Baseball level. Um, what, how, what does the team focus on here now? Like, as a team, your first half has been less than desirable, to say the least. You have a bunch of competitive guys that – are looking to bounce back and save a portion of the season, at least what they can do. You know, what's the mindset of these guys right now, a little refreshed coming off the all-star break? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, there's a personal pride element, Jamie, of, of look, you know, there's still like, this is still pro sports. They're paying me a lot of money to go out there and perform at a high level. There's still an element of, you know, this, maybe we aren't going to win the division. Maybe we aren't going to make the playoffs this year. But that doesn't mean I can't play great. I can't have the best second half of my career, which if I'm doing really well and we're all thinking about, you know, our, our performance being high level, then there's a chance we could go on a run and who knows what could happen. So I, I think that there's this, um, you know, like you said, the guys will be refreshed. And, and, and sometimes, um, it, you know, having four days away from each other and, and there's, a, you know, that there's, there's a nice little – kind of energy when you come back and, and uh, you know, maybe you practice tonight or, or maybe you can show up a little bit early at the game for the game tomorrow and have a little workout or whatever. I don't know what their plans are, but um, I, I just think that, you know, it's a game, so it's fun. It should be fun to some degree. It sucks losing. I get it. Um, but, but, you know, you can get, you can have fun parts of a season and you can have good personal performance, even though, Maybe you don't make the playoffs. Um, maybe you don't win the World Series. But uh, you know, I was with Colorado my first, you know, my first five years. We we weren't in the running, uh, or I guess my fifth year. You know, we 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 made it to the World Series. But my first four years, um, we really weren't a factor in the in the race. But I had a lot of fun. You know, I had a lot of a lot of guys that I came to the minor leagues with that I grew close to, and um, you know, got really had really tight friendships and bonds with and we some of the young guys that got called up it was a blast to be around them and get to know them and watch them and help them and um so i I think that there's there's enjoyment and there's uh you know there's there's things that you can do that are gratifying even when you don't make it to the playoffs so uh i would say just kind of you know focusing on that and, and uh and who knows like i said you can have an amazing you can have a bad first half and you run off 10 or 15 in a row and, or, you know, run 10 out of 12 and you look up and maybe you're, you're six out or seven out. I mean, all these things are, you know, are, are have been, have been done before. And so I, I, I just think that, that, you know, as a player, you got to op- optimistically come back into the second half and say, I'm going to have a great second half. I'm going to be a good teammate. Um, I'm going to get to know my teammates. I'm going to, I'm going to build relationships that, that last and, and, and go from there. Matt, we always enjoy talking to you. Thanks for giving us a couple of segments here. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, give our best to your family, and we'll, we'll chat with you again next week. Okay, guys. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you. Thanks a lot, you guys. That's Matt Holiday here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN.